0: We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know the new customers who bet $5 get $150 back in bonus bets? Ooh-hoo, we're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5 get $150 back in bonus bets. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It goes down in the field. It goes down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire 7 days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, Shelley. Thank you, Mary. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl, and I think we're talking about you. Wait, what? Just trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. I'm Shelley. I guess I said your name already. You know what? My name is so good, you can just say it. Is it? (laughs) Yes? (laughs) Well, you know, it's not your god-given name that's that's a dumb expression uh-huh. it's not the name on your birth certificate it isn't what name is th- on my birth certificate is michelle
2: michelle elaine johnson okay wow because just
1: put it all out there
2: uh-huh. um on the records of the church mm. it would be Emma? also Does michelle elaine johnson but since i had my name removed
1: it's just a big old blank space What about your name that you're given in the temple? That doesn't go anywhere in the record? No,
2: mine was Emma. Nice to meet you, everyone. Waiting for the lightning to hit. Nope, didn't happen. raise
1: your hand. Yeah, raise your hand. (laughs) If you were also given the name Emma in the temple, Mm -hmm. I bet there's a lot out there. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of (laughs) Emmas, Marys, Hagar's.
2: Uh, Hagar? Oh, oh, there's some bad ones. Abish. Uh, I'm going girl names right now. Yeah. Korahor. So I remember before I went in the temple, I was told that you get a special new name. Right. And I thought, wow, that's very cool. And I thought of it as like, that's God's name for me. Like that was what I was <laughs> called in the pre-existence because I was that brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Pre-existence. Um, yeah. Come to find out that. <laughs> pre-existence is fake. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I don't know. Did we exist before
2: we came? There are some things that I don't know about. Well, that's true. We don't know. but We com- can't prove it we anyway. Can't- Come to find out about the secret special name that God has for me. Everyone in the world on that day who happened to go through the temple for the first time got the same name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't feel special. special.
2: Yeah, it was kind of a letdown when I found out. I didn't find that out for like a few years later. But I was so freaked out about that name that I I actually wanted to name one of my children Emma because I like the name. It's a pretty name. It is. I love the name. But when then that new name was given to me in the temple, it was like, well, now I can't use that for one of my kids because that's like a secret special name would be kind of weird.
1: They would never know.
2: I know. I it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense. I get it.
1: <laughs> oh, but um, one thing we just touched on about not knowing about the preexistence or what happens before and after we're here on this planet mm-hmm. versus kolob—that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> a whole other ball game. Uh-huh. What's going on in kolob? What would you have named your planet, Mary? Oh, I totally interrupted. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah,
1: you did. Carry on. Sorry, let me get through this train of thought. So, okay. I want to start um, a series on our podcast once we get. We've got a. We've got some busy podcasts lined up for the next several. Oh, yeah. But I do want to get to something, and that is spirituality after religion. Yes. It doesn't have to be just Mormonism. But what is spirituality to our listeners um, after religion? And um, I want to talk about that with you, too, Shelly. So, you know— it could involve some sort of pre-existence, mm-hmm. some sort of afterlife. Mm-hmm. What does that mean here on Earth? Is this when, what we were talking about, maybe doing like a mini-series, like a, a, a
2: clump of yeah. episodes? I that's great. And
1: I want to lis- read some uh, listener emails. Yeah, we actually
2: have a lot of listeners who are not Mormon, never been Mormon, mm-hmm. don't even know Mormonism, but they were raised in a religion that taught them exactly what happens when you die, and they no longer believe that. So, yeah, interesting to get yeah. people's, like, where did you land? Where yeah, did you stop exactly. figuring stuff out? Where are you now?
1: Yeah, what do you think this all means? Why are we here? What's next? What was before? Should we invite people to write in about that? I would love for people to write in.
2: Here's your invitation, people.
1: Yes. (laughs) If you want
2: us to know where you've sort of landed in your spiritual journey.
1: Or maybe you're still figuring it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's actually no, like, I don't think anyone actually stops unless you're Mormon. When you're Mormon, you stop as soon as you're told what happens because you believe it and there's nothing else to dig into.
1: Well, and you're not supposed to question
2: anything anyway. No, not at all. So,
1: yeah, send us in some messages about where you are. Yeah, and I'm going to make things really, really simple because I've— Tweaked our website a little bit to have everything contacty. Is that a word? It is now. In one space. Mm-hmm. You just go to slash contact. That's mm-hmm. all you do. There's our email address. There's a submission form if you just want to fill that out. There's stuff for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. It's YouTube. All it's of all the there. things. It's all, all of the there things. in one handy location. That URL again is Latterday slash contact. Check I like it out. It.
2: You know what else is on that page? What? Our link to Patreon. Yes, it is. And speaking of. Should we give a shout out? Shout out. It's shout out time. We had another great week. I, yeah. We. We're blown away by this. Blown away by how many people are being so supportive of us in our endeavors to get the word out of my experiences and Mary's experiences and try to help people unravel, unpack whatever their post Mormon life. So thank you.
1: Yeah, and there's something else that I want to start, and I think I've mentioned it to you, Mm Shelly, is I want to figure out kind of a Patreon tithing program. Oh,
2: God. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to call
1: it that. But I would like you and me to use some of our funds to support causes we believe in. Absolutely. And so we're going to figure out what those are. Yep. And put links. Uh, We will... We will donate some of our support that we get on Patreon towards that and we will also put links for you all if you believe in those same causes to donate on your own as well and we will get to that hopefully next week and get that all squared away.
2: I like it. This is a, a, a plan that we're formulating and we feel good about and we want to we want to yeah. go forward with it. So Yeah,
1: we're going to put our tithing money to yeah. good use, to, yeah. to causes we really believe in. Absolutely. Yeah. Share the love. Exactly.
2: All right, so time to announce the new patrons. Let's do it. All right, here we go. First one, Shanna Lee and her wife, Don Lee. All right. And they just got haircuts together last week. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They told me.
2: And I was like, cool, where's the pictures? And they didn't send them.
1: <laughs> they got like hers and hers haircuts. Yeah, hers and hers. So happy like haircut it. day, Shanna Lee, Don Lee. <laughs>
2: Our next patron is Sandy B. Thanks, and Sandy, Sandy B has been with us since the beginning. I think that maybe B stands for beginning. So Sandy Beginning. <laughs> Thank you for being there from Thank you for from support. the beginning. Next is Carrie B B. Two Bs. Two initials. Bs. Uh-huh. And actually Carrie B B is a friend of a friend of mine from high school. Wow, friends are friends. I love it. I know, I love it. Finally, we have Jamie from Taco Bamba. Taco Bamba Jamie, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <in> <laughs> That's the R draw, Jamie R. Yes, Jamie R. From Taco track. Bamba.
1: Yes. Cool. And we read her letter last week. We did. I thought we announced her last week, too. Didn't. Oh. How about that? Check it out. Well, thanks, thank Jamie. You. Thank you, Jamie. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we jump onto some uh, listener email? Sure, you want to? Yeah, you're on that one, right? Yes. Okay. And that was all the Patreons?
2: Yeah, that was five.
1: Wow, what a good week. By the way, that's our goal is five per week. And so far
2: we have hit that. So thank you listeners for wanting to support our efforts. Appreciate yeah, it.
1: And we got to, well, we passed 50 Patreon subscribers total. And so you released a mullet picture. We've got to dig up more for you. I know oh, there are more. Here's the thing.
2: When we go to Utah Pride, which if you guys are just tuning in, yes, we are going to Utah Pride this year. We're going to go to my parents' house, and my mom has a ton of old pictures of me. And there's one that I'm thinking of. It's me wearing—it's either blue, but I think it's purple. It's like a purple color shirt with a unicorn, actually, on it.
1: Is like a rainbow unicorn? Wearing, I
2: don't remember. I'm wearing gold chain, and I am so mulleted. It's a gold chain. A gold chain. Uh, I think this is fifth grade or so. And I hope I, I can still picture that picture in my mind. I remember taking it. I remember loving my unicorn shirt. Of course you did, um, my rainbow <laughs> unicorn. So I will find that picture, and when we come back from Pride, and I have this collection of pictures, I, I'll post more. Okay. But our next goal for Patreon is seventy-five uh-huh. subscribers, and we're creeping, creeping up there. Yeah. And the reward for that is Mary will release her yeah. bullet pictures, and there are some amazing well, ones.
1: I've got to look through some old pictures too. I know I've got more. The one that I'm thinking of. Is me at my sister's wedding. And I've talked about it on the podcast before, because it's ridiculous. I'm wearing this red dress with puffy sleeves it's a and a horrible dress. And a pearl necklace. <laughs> well, it was also like the eighties. Okay. It was like 1988. I think. Still horrible. And um, and I just look and I'm looking at the camera like I don't know what I'm doing. No, here. really, you're
2: looking It's like, why am I here? <laughs> why I don't know. It, why am I in me? this dress? It's so ridiculous. Bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. So we will release that. Mm-hmm. And Shelly, maybe you are my rainbow unicorn. Oh, maybe that's what's going on. Even with these stitches in my gums. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. We're not doing video this week. Yeah, and here's why.
2: Although I don't necessarily know why. Kind of. Well, here's why. I don't mind being on video because I've actually done like Facebook videos with my bruises on my Mm -hmm. cheek from my surgery, but it hurt to really talk a lot for a long time. And your face still looks pretty beat up. It still looks like I got punched in the face a couple times. But we (laughs) didn't do it. (laughs) She didn't. She's a lover. Not uh-huh. a fighter. Yeah. Anyway, yep. we pushed off recording for well into the week. And so, so we your had, mouth could feel better. So my mouth could feel better, so I could talk. And so we just, I'm not going to have time this week to get video and everything done. But no fear, we'll be right back on it soon. We had to just slow things down while I recovered from my <laughs> yeah. cadaver surgery. And by the way, very disappointed, they did not need to use Dead Man Devin's gums. Yeah. So you didn't have to gum no. surgery. They, they used, instead, your they own cut mouth. a hole in the roof of my mouth. Yeah. And, stapled it, stitched it over yeah. the roots of my teeth. And remember when I first talked about this, uh, I was like, yeah, Karen Sperling, she's awesome. Go go uh, get all of your oral surgery done with her. And For all of your oral surgery your needs. needs. And you were like,
1: how do you even know? <laughs> you haven't had
2: it done yet. I well, I do know. And it looks pretty amazing. I'm a week out from surgery right now. The pain is minimal at this point. The bruising's still there, but whatever. But my gums, the ones that they sewed onto my receding gums, they look like my gums. Like, you can't even tell.
1: Well, that's the point, isn't it? Well, I
2: know, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I thought I would look like a zombie forever after that.
1: After I'm really glad it wasn't a dead person in your mouth. I'm a little disappointed. I kind
2: of wanted a story to tell, and now it's like, well, it's just my gums instead of Devin's gums.
1: Well, I don't have to feel weird about kissing you. So there's that. All right. Anyway, anyway I get to be happy, and you get to be oddly <laughs> sad Oddly <about laughs> disappointed that I don't have <laughs> someone else's gums in my mouth. Okay. And there you go. That was a little sidebar. Yeah, it sure was. Mm -hmm. Um, But you got to rock some sweet milkshakes and smoothies. Did. And some blended soups made by me. You made some amazing blendy soups. (laughs) And I laid in bed and
2: watched Naked and Afraid Mm -hmm. and My 600 Pound Life (laughs) and some March Madness games. Yeah, it was good. It was a nice little break, a little breaky break. (laughs) Got a little bored eventually, but
1: yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. And thank you to my boss, Yuri, for giving me some time off. Thank you, Yuri. Yeah, that was very nice. Mm hmm. Well, plus you use your voice for a living there, too. That's true. Wasn't... So that would have been challenging, I true, think. True, true. As far as what you do for a living, mm-hmm. um, we are going to talk more about that in the future because it's a really cool, exciting tour guide app Yep, that Shelley narrates the tours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it's coming to a city near you. It's just yes. a, little bit, a little bit in the testing phase right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. Is that the beta phase? <laughs> it's in the beta phase. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should we move on? Let's do it. Okay. Listener email. All so right. this is from a new listener. Mm-hmm. Her name is Bryn, and it's funny. I'll, I'll you'll you'll hear in a minute, but she was really reluctant to listen to our podcast. She fought it for a while. Don't you fight know? You it. just can't fight it, people. No, no. just listen. <laughs> just, just listen. listen. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read this. Hi, Mary and Shelley. My name is Bryn, and I just started listening to your podcast. I first came across it in an XMO Reddit, and I didn't click the link. Sorry. And a few days later, my mom texted me the link saying I should check you out. And I didn't. Sorry again.
2: Listen to your mother.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I was so avoidant of anything Mormon related. It was my first time mustering up the courage to look at Exmo Reddit, and I struggled with Mormon triggers for the rest of the week. Finally, I found it while browsing through Google Podcasts and decided to give it a try. I popped in my earbuds and took the dogs for a walk. I was laughing and nodding and answering Mary's questions out loud and looking like a lunatic. Shelley's voice mirrored my own in her ranting and anger and hurt and humor. It was everything that I wanted to say, and I was listening to someone else saying it, and I knew other people were too. I wanted to say thank you for that. The Mormon Church left me so damaged and broken that I haven't reached out to any ex-Mormon groups before listening to your podcast. We're the first. Since then, I have branched out a little to some Mormon-slash-ex-Mormon exposure and have been making small steps towards recovery. That's really good news. I've been out of the church for a few years now, and the weirdest things trigger a wide range of emotions. The word blessing sends me spiraling down into a dark hole. I hate men. Like, not just the same amount as a normal lesbian, but like, a lot and I never feel like I measure up to them in any given task. The worst thing that I do, though, happens when someone talks shit about the church. I defend it, and I fucking hate it. It's a knee-jerk reaction that has been so trained into me that I can't get rid of it. I don't even believe what I'm saying, but I have to stand up for the institution that absolutely wrecked me. And don't even get me started on what happens when someone hates on Joseph Smith. I can't stop it. I can't turn it off. I'm starting to keep from saying it because of the company I keep, but it still rolls through my mind, leaving a trail of mindfuck in its absence. Keep on grinding away at how fucked up the church is. There are lots of us out here that need to feel like someone else feels the same way. Thanks for the laughs, Bryn. Thank you, Bryn. Thanks, Bryn. Woo. Wow. Me to,
2: want me to comment on that? I wish you would. First of all, so glad that Bryn is now reaching out and sort of being exposed to other ex Mormon groups. It's been really good for me to get to know other ex Mormons because truly they understand. They understand the triggers. They oh, understand. Sure. They, they understand. Like it's got to be a really healing space. It is because no one else in the world understands Mormonism like an ex-Mormon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you're telling your story to people who've never been Mormon, of course they could be sympathetic and loving and caring. Like, it's it's fantastic, but they haven't been there. They don't quite get it. They don't quite get it. And that's okay, but I'm just saying that ex-Mormons get it. Right. They get it. Right. My best friends are ex-Mormons yeah. because they get it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're actually my best friend, Aww. Mary, but you get ex-Mormonism because I talk to you about well, it all I'm the so time.
1: I'm so immersed in it now. I feel like, I almost do feel, feel like... you feel like a- an ex-Mormon? Oh my gosh. <laughs> By proxy. <laughs> Weird. We're going to do an ex-Mormon
2: baptism for you. Can for I the- go and
1: do a fake temple? Oh wait, they're all fake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is I true. I forgot. I'll just give you the signs and tokens and you're, you're golden. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. I understand her whole hatred of men. I don't hate men. But I I get it because you always feel like you're less than, that you can't measure up. Because in Mormonism, you're just not the same. They yeah. might they might say men and women are equal in Mormonism, but that is bullshit. Case in point, I and mean, there's like a thousand, but mm-hmm. one case in point. Um, Last week was General Conference, and that is where leaders of the Mormon church gather together and they give talks, speeches, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, to Mormons all across the world. And there's a priesthood session which is for the men, clearly. There's a Relief Society session, which is for the women. And then there's the General Sessions, which is for everyone. In the Relief Society session, it's mostly men who talk.
1: I thought this was a female-run thing. Doesn't matter.
2: At least, I don't know if it was mostly. I didn't watch any of it from what I remember when I was in it. Typically, it's mostly men, or at least there are men in there that talk to the women in Relief Society. In the priesthood session, where it's all men, no women Talk. Mm. As a matter of fact, it wasn't until recently where they even allowed women in. Yeah. Like the women were not allowed in the doors when they were holding this conference. Right. That was a big to-do a few years ago. I don't know. Anyway, so men speak in the women's conference. No women get to speak in the men's conference. Mm-hmm. And in the general conference, which is everybody in the world who's Mormon, this last one, it was like two women spoke and 20-something men.
1: Right. So to say it's equal yeah you know. no well okay we know this religion is not equal yeah, yeah. it's a patriarch I don't need to convince anyone of that and if you are raised in it and at 12 you notice that you the guys around you are getting this like great honor this priesthood mm-hmm. and by 16 they can do baptisms right yep, yep and if you're seeing this with the boys and you know of course you're gonna feel left out yeah and then you have the you know the only male examples in your life they know better than you mm-hmm They're trying to control what you do, say, and wear. Yep. You have to listen to everything they say Mm -hmm. and act accordingly. Yeah, of course you're going to be resentful towards that. Yes. Maybe not while you're in the church
2: because for some reason you are brainwashed into thinking this is how God wants it. But when you leave and you realize how bad it was, yeah, you're you're resentful. I don't like— when my ex uses his tone of voice with me like he knows something more than I do mm. and I don't know if he even feels that way he's just he probably doesn't even know he, he's he doesn't doing even it. know he's doing it he, he just talks with a little bit of authority sometimes about things and I get pissed mm. We were having a conversation the other day and, and he started with that voice and he doesn't know he even does it and he probably uses that voice. With anybody, and mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't throw them off. Yeah, but I got pissed, and I mumbled "f you" under my breath, and walked out. <laughs> oh, shit.
1: And Did he had, hear that? It,
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I cooled down, and I came back in, and then we had the conversation. But yeah, it was just, like a trigger for you. Oh, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure, just like. I'm not going to tell the story yet. Um, we're going to save this for next week, but talking to my dad about General Conference. Oh, yeah. Ooh, uh, people.
1: Yeah, next week is General Conference, so that will be episode 22.
2: Episode 22, we're going to unwrap General Conference, and it yeah. is a doozy. Anyway, anything yeah. else you want to say about that listener email? Just big old thank you.
1: Yeah, big and I know, you. I know that's tough. Recovery is hard. Thank you for having the courage to tackle this stuff, because yeah. I think— allowing yourself to be open enough to listen to the podcast means I'm allowing my brain the room to actually think and process this stuff that has been so hurtful to me. And it sounds like you haven't wanted to face it, Bryn, for a long time, and now maybe you are ready to start looking at it and ready to start healing. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. I feel personally honored that I can be part of your journey to recovery. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. It feels really amazing. Yeah.
2: Made me think of, um, we hear from a lot of people that say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I still had all these triggers until I was listening to your podcast. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to make people trigger. But then I realize, no, the triggers help you see where you're still fucked up. Right. And then you can process it. Damaged. <laughs> little, or damaged or a little upset or a little sensitive. A little fucked up makes you seem kind of crazy. <laughs>
1: uh yeah.
2: Ex-Mormons. You know who you are. Raise your hand if you're a fucked up ex-Mormon. <laughs> Everybody raises hands. Oh man. <laughs> Funny. Uh anyway, that's why we do what we do. So yeah and also I need you, Bryn, to call your mom right now and tell her that you are sorry for not listening to her when she first <laughs> said listen to the podcast.
1: Yeah, well, I apologize to your mom. I think that's great. Man, I'm kind of When I hear mom stories like this, I get a little jealous because my mother would never be like, oh, my daughter's an ex-Mormon lesbian. I think I'm going to send her this link to something that's really going to help her. Oh, hell no. That's, you know, a couple other lesbians talking about their Mormon experience. never going to happen. Yeah. My my mom would be like, just send her Christian literature. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's worked. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So good for yeah. you guys. Yeah. I love to hear those positive experiences about good relationships with parents. Love it.
2: I love it because
1: currently mine is not. Yeah.
2: I struggled. Up and, some ups and downs. Well, I'm going to cover that next week. I struggled as well. All right. What's moving next? on. I need to make a correction. Okay. Last episode, episode 20, I talked about a, a commercial sort of thing that North Star put out. I said North Star was funded by the Mormon church. It's actually not. So my friend Danny Caldwell, shout out to Danny. He has a podcast called Rainbow Mormon. So okay. there you go, That's Danny, right. I just pimped your pod. Okay, so he messaged me and he said, just listening to your podcast, we need to talk about North Star. I was very involved in it. I have some insight. It's super complicated how it is, yet is not connected to the church. And for your information, every person in that video is LGBTQ. And I said, cool, I'd love more info, and I'll correct any misinformation I may have spewed. Okay. And he said, and he gave me permission to read this. He goes, it's super confusing. It is not affiliated with the church, but strongly supports church teachings. They were created in an effort to give LGBTQ Latter-day Saints, Mormons, a safe place to be able to connect as they didn't feel safe in regular church, and those choosing to follow the gospel did not feel safe in the LGBTQ world. So North Star was created to give support. In the beginning, many of its leaders had themselves been through various conversion therapies, but pretty much all said that it had not worked, but had allowed them to control their feelings so they could stay in the church or stay married or whatever. The church does not support them financially at all. They are completely donation-based. It's bothersome as the church gave them no safe place, so people made one and the church still would not support them. Hmm. So North Star is basically a support group for gay people trying to live the gospel, which is, as you know, super sucky, so they do need (laughs) lots of support. Those videos they make are all done through donations.
1: So these, once again, are members of the LGBTQ community who are staying Mormon, choosing to stay Mormon. Yes. But this is a safe space for them to gather. And is it like a church service?
2: Um, I don't know. One more thing that Danny said, he said, you should also add that they do not do any conversion therapy. So my, my mistake. They do promote celibacy and controlling their feelings. Hmm. I think for a lot of LDS gay people getting involved with north Star is kind of the first step in fully coming out
1: yeah because I don't love that i mean i think I it's, yeah I think it's great that people feel like they have a safe space to go no matter where and what it is mm-hmm. but the, still, the idea is you can't really beat yourself.
2: No, and I completely agree. I think when I presented North Star, I had just seen the video, and it pissed me off, and I thought they were related to the church. You thought um, it was like
1: a propaganda video to get people to like stay in the church who are gay and say, like, hey, everyone's ac- accepted right, here. Right,
2: right, right. And in actuality, it's kind of a step back from the church if you want to be accepted, but they also promote celibacy and turning off your feelings. So I, it's, again, don't agree with that. I Again, the video bothers me because— promotes you not being you mm-hmm. but if it is a safe space to kind of step back from the church and sit for a bit i hope that those people who are sitting in that safe space then take another step towards being authentic and being happy and not having to turn off their feelings yeah. like a
1: light switch
2: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: song never gets old never ever but think about it this way it's like you had your step out of the mormon church mm-hmm. through the denver denver snuffer thank you You're welcome Denver snuffer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Denver stuffer. <laughs> yep. Maybe a lot of people just need that sort of because think about it also you were in it was ingrained in you that you would never be happy outside the Mormon church. Yeah. You know, you think that I can't be happy unless I'm in this church and here I am naturally gay, lesbian or trans or bisexual or however you fit into that and I'm identifying as that. So I'm not happy on my own. I have to squash this part of myself in order to really feel happy because the only way to feel true happiness is within Mormonism. Yeah. Right? Right. So that's, that's I don't like it. That's gotta be a tough spot to be in.
2: I don't envy those LGBTQ, wherever in the spectrum, Mormons. I don't envy them as they sit in a space that's not with the regular congregation of Mormonism. They sit in a space that feels safer to them, but they still cannot be themselves. In it's, my opinion, yeah. if you can't be yourself, it's not a safe space after all.
1: I hear you. I um,
2: agree. But, you know, they they probably think that Mormonism is the way and this is what will bring them happiness, and that's where they're at now, and that's on them. But I still kind of hate it. I don't like anything that— Makes you feel less than or waters you down or—, or Yes. Yeah, I know. I agree. And That promotes celibacy, promotes Mormon living. Mormons and, yeah. don't want
1: you. Well, right. As you are, mm-hmm. you have to be a watered down version of yourself. Yes, but you know, okay. I think that celibacy is a real thing. Mm-hmm. There are certain people in the in the world that are celibate, probably by choice, and that's they're happy with it. They're crazy. <laughs> oh, you silly! <laughs> we know how Shelly feels about that subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that's a real thing. And if you identify as celibate, that's great. But I th- what's the percentage of those people in the in the North Star congregation or whatever that meeting is? that are truly celibate. Or are they celibate
2: kind. because they feel like that's what God wants them to be?
1: Well, that's what my point. Right. So you end up feeling like God made a faulty human, you, you're faulty. Mm-hmm. God did this for some reason. You had some lesson to learn. Ugh, some God's cross an asshole. To, yeah, some cross to bear. God made you imperfect mm-hmm. for some reason that mm-hmm. you probably don't understand. And so what you need to do is, is squash down that part of you because it's sin, right? Yep. And even though you have these feelings and you can't get rid of them, squash, 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 because it's sinful. I don't get where they come from. Maybe Satan put those thoughts in my head. I can't get rid of them. And I've got to pretend to be someone I'm not. Right. To be accepted in this religion. Right. So if North
2: Star is teaching celibacy because that's what God wants. I'm not okay with that. If they are just providing a safe space for people who are sort of stepping back. Great. I just, Mm -hmm. the video rubbed me the wrong way. It just did. And I've now corrected the misinformation that I had. And thank you to Danny for letting me know that.
1: Yeah, so thanks, Danny, for setting us straight on that. (laughs) Really? Did he set us straight? (laughs) So to speak. (laughs) Yeah, he's not in a position to do that either. No. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a short break and be right back. Don't go anywhere.
0: We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know the new customers who bet $5 get $150 back in bonus bets? Ooh-hoo, we're heating up fam you Bet all the stars with all your friends And make every moment more Only on FanDuel New customers bet $5 Get $150 back in bonus bets Make every moment more With FanDuel America's number one sports book It goes down in 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: And we're back. Hi. Hi. Welcome back, listeners. Gosh, it had been so long, mm-hmm. Shelly. Probably uh, a good 30 seconds. <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about next? Um, I think we need to pimp a pod. We haven't done that in a while. Cue music. Your
2: oh, yeah. said, your All right. This one is awesome. My good friend, Heather Vickery. Has a podcast called The Brave Files in yes. that she interviews people who are brave. Check it out. I guess you thought I was brave, oh, so look and at she, that. she's after you next, Mary. Oh, so be ready for it. <laughs> um, it's called again The Brave Files. My episode is episode fifty six, called Life on My Own Terms.
1: So this is already recorded and ready to listen. It's already to out. Get already on out it. There. Get
2: on it and listen. And after you listen to mine. Just start from the beginning and listen to all these great people's stories. Heather is amazing at what she does. Uh, we had a great time. We laughed. It was just, it was good.
1: We laughed. We cried. It moved me, Bob.
2: Anyone else? <laughs> What's that? It's from? Veggie Tales. <laughs> Anyone know that line from Veggie, veggie Tales?
1: Veggie Tales. Raise your hand. You know, I used to love Veggie Tales. Mm hmm. I just, I love it except for the, the super Jesus-y parts. Mm. But otherwise, I think it's really funny. Like the Cheeseburger song. Mm-hmm. Don't make me sing that. Don't. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> he loved his cheeseburger, his precious cheeseburger. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'll wait for you. Yes, I'll wait for you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. <laughs> That's a great one. My, mine that I remember was Zebu. The Zebu song? I don't know that one. Oh. I know the Stuff Mart song. Oh, Stuff Mart. Uh-huh. That's good yeah. too. I think we're getting a little off topic. Hmm. Anyway,
2: Heather Vickery's podcast, The Brave, the Brave, Brave Files. Files, check it out.
1: Check it out where your favorite podcast can be heard. Mm-hmm. I said All right. Guess what we have next. It's time for the F-U-M-P-O-T-D. Otherwise known as the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. What is the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day, Shelly? So glad you asked. The fucked up Mormon
2: phrase of the day is heart cell. Heart cell. I think some of our listeners, maybe a lot, might not even know this one. Did someone send
1: um, this in? No, you mentioned it last week that you wanted to... I think this one's mine. I'm owning this one. So uh, thank you, Shelly, for sending this in. Hmm. (laughs) So this isn't when Anne and Nancy Wilson have a new um, album coming out? Oh, my God. No. I think I'm going to like that answer Make better than Make the buzzer me. really loud on that one. It was so off. All right. Is that your answer? Heart sell. Um, Gosh. Okay. So, to buy anything in Mormonism, see, I use that word buy, B-U-Y. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got to sell it to the parishioners. Like mm-hmm. You can't just, it's got to be a hard sell. Heart cell. <laughs> For anything to stick, they got to mm-hmm. cram it down your throat. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's
2: fumbling over her words she
1: doesn't know. So I don't that know. means I win, you lose? I guess so. Okay. Cue we, the buzzer. We, we,
2: all right, here we go. So Bonneville International, which is the church's uh, communications corporation, from their website, which by the way, they've taken this down because people are getting pissed off about it. At Bonneville Communications, our ability to touch the hearts and minds of audiences makes us an essential resource for organizations with vital messages. Hmm. Wait a minute. What's Bonneville? Uh, Bonneville Communications. It's the church's communications arm, whatever you want to call it. So here you go. For more than 30 years, our creative professionals have designed public service and direct response messages for national nonprofit organizations such as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our unique strength is the ability to touch the hearts and minds of our audiences, evoking first feeling, then thought, and finally, action. We call this uniquely powerful brand of creative heart cell, strategic emotional advertising that stimulates response.
1: Oh, that sounds so manipulative.
2: Yeah, they're saying right there that, that their ability to create a feeling than a thought than an action. Mm-hmm. They've trademarked like that ability to do with their music, with their messaging. Wow! So, hey guys, all those Mormon videos you watched and you felt something. Guess why you felt something? You're
1: supposed to heart cell. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they wow. figured out how to do it. They know when to have the music start at the right time. They know when to have the actors make the certain face. They know how to manipulate you. Wow. Heart Cell, people. How can people look this
1: up for themselves? Is there a website you went to?
2: Um, I-, I looked up Heart Cell LDS or Heart Cell Mormon or something, and it took me to a Reddit post where someone had archived the old link. So you can you can go there,
1: and this Bonneville thing is like the kind of the marketing slash advertising arm of, well, here,
2: let me click on it
1: of the LDS about Church? Bonneville. um so from their website, it says
2: at Bonneville, we both recognize the responsibility and embrace the opportunity we have as a broadcaster, and we're grateful to leverage the power of localism in broadcasting to make a difference in our communities. so they're a broadcaster,
1: huh. So they Never make,
2: heard by Bonneville Productions. I'm pretty sure they say so that. So they in make all conference.
1: the videos based the propaganda videos for the LDS Church, essentially. They a lot of
2: them. are. I don't. I'm not going to say they do all of them. I don't know, but this is the communications, the broadcasting company that the church uses.
1: And their purpose is to evoke a feeling, a thought, and then an action. Mm-hmm. And the action ultimately results in you giving your tithing money to the yep. temple so you can be saved. Yes, it's yes. about money. Right. right.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and by the way, this has been taken down, so it's hard to find. So if they have somehow changed what they do, then I'm not aware of it. But this is what I currently know.
1: So okay. heart, sell. heart cell. Heart cell. There you go. Well, isn't that a little treat there? Mm-hmm. Always is. Gosh, just when you think uh, the Mormon church doesn't try to... Manipulate you and brainwash you, huh? Yeah. Then you go find another link that proves that it does. Right. So when my super Mormon dad is like, "I know the church is true," that's because he's been told to he's, believe that. Because he's
2: had heart cell on him his whole life, and mm-hmm. my dad is the king of buying church videos and have his kids and grandkids watch them. Right. And he doesn't understand the the emotional, spiritual guilt-ridden manipulation that is in these videos. He and I had a big fight about it one time, and I won't talk about it now, but it's all there. So when you're sitting there watching a Mormon video, and they know how to get you in the feels, and then you're crying, and then you're like, oh, this is the spirit making me feel Uh these things during the Mormon video. Uh Oh, the Mormon church must be the true church. Oh, I I, need to Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how they do it. They are
1: masters.
2: Wow. Masters
1: at it. Uh. So this heart cell thing, Shelley, mm-hmm. is un- just another reason why I'm starting to think the Mormon church is completely fake. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last week, I think we teased this. General Conference was coming up, right? and before that happened, they reversed a policy. Yeah,
2: I was all prepared to report on General Conference okay. in this episode, but the church decided just to throw everyone for a loop. A curveball in there. Curveball. So back in 2015, the church came out with a very hateful policy toward uh, the LGBTQ community. And I had, I've actually been meaning to podcast about this and I'm now's the time because they've now reversed it, which is so crazy. So what was the policy in the well, first I'm gonna, place? I'm going to go into that. Well, first of all, it was hidden in the handbook. Hidden. There's a handbook that all the bishops and everyone's supposed to follow is hidden in there. And they, it's not like they just said, hey, God said blah, blah, blah. It was hidden. And someone came across it and was like, what is this? And then they published it. Hmm. And when it came out, like hit, hitting the, the internet, um, so many Mormons, believing Mormons, were like, oh, what what troll made this up? You oh. know, Being completely in disbelief that the church would have such a hateful policy. And so then when the church found out that was leaked, then, of course, they had to fess up and say, yes, this is our our policy. How long ago is this, by the this way? This is 2015, November of 2015. Okay. They had to fess up and say, yes, this is a policy. And then, of course, they had to say that God said it was mm-hmm. from God. So it switched from a secret to its new policy to actually its revelation from God. Uh-huh. And when people were still like, why would God create such a hateful policy, then they had to. Put throw their PR guy out there and have him make up some bullshit as to what it actually is. A heart cell? <laughs> <laughs> Practically. So what was the policy? So the policy states that children of a gay couple or just a gay mom or gay dad that's living the gay lifestyle, those children cannot be baptized into the Mormon religion. Okay. People might say, well, why would they want to if their mom's gay? They clearly wouldn't believe it anyway. Not the case. Mm. Had my husband, Brent, stayed in Mormonism, which he very well could have. Mm -hmm. He still believes in in a lot of it. He could have stayed Mormon. Had he stayed Mormon, and I'm clearly living the gay lifestyle, side note, I'm gay. Mm -hmm. Shocker. Um, Brent would not be allowed to have the kids get baptized. Even if I gave my permission, wouldn't matter. They would not be allowed to get baptized because I'm gay, just purely because I'm gay. Wow. Well, Had I been a straight person and an ax murderer and in prison,
1: that would have been okay. That
2: would have been okay. The kids <laughs> the kids could get baptized. Had I been totally anti-Mormon and hating the Mormon church and going out to get them and, you know, sacrificing puppies, like think of all the horrible things and had said yeah whatever go ahead and baptize the kids they could be baptized hmm. but i'm gay so it doesn't matter if i say i believe the church is true i'm just cursed with this gayness and there's nothing i can do about it i want my kids to be mormon i think it's true i want them to get baptized
1: nope they could not be baptized i'm so confused because i thought the mormon church was sort of okay with gays as long as you're not practicing well that's the thing if i am a practicing if i'm being gay so, if you just say, yeah, I've got lesbian feelings and tendencies, but I'm not, I don't have a girlfriend or anything. Yeah, I'll just be lonely the rest of my life. Then, sure, the kids can be baptized. Yeah, why not? So,
2: okay. let me dive in a little God. deeper to the whole baptism thing because I think some people would be like, well, why would you want them baptized anyway? Here's the thing if my kids were to still be going to church with their dad, mm-hmm. when you're going to turn eight years old, everything they get you excited about that year is getting baptized. Mm. All of your friends are getting baptized. They throw baptism parties. Wow. They have a big pre-baptism meeting with a cake and eight is great. And this is their, your entire year is focused on getting baptized a member of the church. Wow. So my kid would have been left out. Yeah. And would have to sit on the sidelines and go watch all their friends get baptized and have their friends ask, when are you getting baptized? Oh, well, I I can't. Well, why not? Oh, my mom's gay.
1: My mom's a sinning homosexual. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly.
2: So it hurts the kids. Yeah. Now, along with that, when you get baptized in the Mormon church, you also f- receive the fake gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which Mormons will tell you that, that that having the Holy Ghost in your life is first and foremost so important to help you make right decisions.
1: Oh, so it's like your little voice in the back of your yeah, head, or it's something? like your
2: your shoulder angel, okay. you know? Okay.
1: But if the kid
2: has a gay parent, they don't get the shoulder angel.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's kind of
2: rude. Why would you think that's okay to deny one child that when you're telling all the children how important it is to have that? Like, all your lessons in primary are how important it is to have the gift of the Holy Ghost. But then there's your kid sitting there not being able to get that gift because their mom is gay. They can get baptized when they turn 18 if they come out and say, my mom's lifestyle is wrong. I'm against it. Mm-hmm. What a cruel thing to do to a child. That is cruel. Also for the boys, they are denied the priesthood. Wow. Yeah. They don't get to pass the sacrament. They don't get to give blessings. They don't get to advance up in the ranks of the priesthood. And this is something that, again, as a boy in the church, this is of utmost priority. This is what you do.
1: I get it, but I don't think boys should be allowed to do that until girls are allowed to do it.
2: No, and I I agree with you on that. I'm just saying this would have been the case with my children in the the church, how Mm -hmm. hard it would have been to just be left out. So that's, that's, that's me just talking about how the kids would feel about it, okay? Now let's go to the mom, me, pretending this was the situation. How would I feel? I would feel horrible. Like mm-hmm. my decision to live my authentic, genuine life is causing my children heartache. Sure. How's that supposed to make me well, feel? And they
1: could resent you. Of there course, could they be would a resent big me. Rift between you and your kids. It might cause a strain on like our relationship. Oh sure, because it I'm may sure. make you want to just you know start living the lie again. Yeah. Just so that the, my
2: kids can be included in all of their right. things. And I can I can imagine my kids asking me, well, they won't let me get
1: baptized. Why not? Right.
2: Well, because your mom's gay. Well, that's wrong.
1: You shouldn't be gay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can hear your younger kids actually saying that. Mm-hmm. Or I can hear Philip saying. <laughs> Your gay lifestyle is ruining everything (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll do a fun uh, Philip story at the end I've got a a good one That kid's crazy Yeah, you never know What's going to come out Of that kid's mouth Never, ever But you know I kind of want to see If our listeners Either have gone through this Or are going through this now Yeah Is anyone In this situation Where maybe they're divorced Or separated from their spouse They have come out And now their ex uh, is raising the kids in the Mormon Church, and they're going through this very same. Well, okay, up until right the policy reversal. Yeah, we're going to get
2: to it. I haven't, I haven't told everything about the policy yet okay. because there's, there's more bad things in here. Oh wow! Uh, so if you read the old handbook, here is when a disciplinary council may be necessary. So Ooh. these are things that if you do these things, you you might have to go to a disciplinary council within the church. Might.
1: Okay and okay. then we're going to have to talk about what that entails.
2: Um it's it's where you go and meet with the bishop and stake president and they decide how to punish you or if to punish you for something that, a sin that you've committed.
1: So, uh, okay, so the ultimate punishment is to take away your temple recommend, right? Or is there worse punishments? Uh, Excommunication. Yeah. Well, it's the same idea. Um, oh, but I guess they could take your temple recommend away but not excommunicate you. Right, because then you'll be working to get it back. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, my God! I know it's so this fucked church up. Sucks. <laughs> it sucks bad. So what are the other ways they could punish you? OK, so well, flogging, <laughs> tar and feathering. Ah, uh, that was the Chinese Johnson. water torture. Yeah.
2: No? no, no. Basically, threats of eternal damnation and losing your children is probably <laughs> wow. top top list there. Good Lord. I know. So let me tell you. So in the handbook back then, it said this is when a disciplinary counsel may be necessary. So it's optional. (laughs) It includes, but it's not limited to, attempted murder, forcible rape, sexual abuse, spouse abuse, intentional serious physical injury of others, deliberate abandonment of family responsibilities. So if you've done any of those things, a disciplinary counsel might be necessary. Okay. Okay when a disciplinary council is mandatory so this this
1: is if you do this thing you will go to church court okay so and on the might list was rape was rape, forcible rape forcible
2: even. rape spouse abuse attempted murder this, this is this may be necessary to go to council whoa when a disciplinary council is mandatory mandatory underline number 4 you are in a same gender marriage
1: whoa that's worse than rape. Yeah. And oh. attempted murder. Ah, oh. wow. Yeah. Is murder even on the list? No, 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 no. The disciplinary council
2: is mandatory for apostasy, which is repeatedly acting in deliberate public opposition to the church, persistent teaching as church doctrine information that's not church doctrine, continue to follow the teachings of an apostate sect, formally join another church, or you are in a same gender marriage. So if you and I get married, this would have been the previous rule. Absolutely, we are apostate. We go to a church court and we will get kicked out of heaven forever. But you can be an attempted murderer or a rapist or abuse your spouse. And, and that's may And they may, like, or, may, may, or, may or may not come. Can you believe that?
1: Discipline you. Yeah. Okay. And if you formally join another church, you're pretty much saying F you Mormonism anyway. It's so who, who effing cares at that point? I know, right. The rules of Mormon leaders are crazy. It's so crazy. They make everybody feel like they're five years old and they're mm-hmm. doing something bad mm-hmm. and they got to go to time out. I know. That's what it feels like. Oh yeah. They're running everything. That's not what, I don't think that's what mainstream religion feels like. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a huge proponent of mainstream religion. I'm really not. I'm mm-hmm. more about like spirituality and yeah. I'm not a fan of religion, but even the strict religion I was raised in didn't have weird rules and potential punishments. Mormonism West. might be the worst.
2: That's horrible. I, we've got a, we've got quite a few ex Southern Baptist listeners that have told me some horrible stories. But I, I I don't know. I think I think Mormonism wins on the heinous Ugh. factor.
1: That's pretty. I said shitty. heinous, not anus. But that's also yeah, it's kind of fits a <laughs> <laughs> bunch of asshats. Bunch of asshats, <laughs> bunch of asshats. <laughs> running the show up there. Yep, in so, Utah. I know. So.
2: When the policy first came out, of course, there was this big uproar. And no one knew what to think. And then the church explained it as, this is a policy of love. Oh, okay. This is We're not going to put the pressure I on— I feel a lot of love yeah, when you I read that to me. We're not going to put the pressure on gay people's kids to get baptized because it would, it would make it in opposition to what their parents are doing. And so that would cause problems. This is a policy of love. This is loving. Huh. And so I remember when the policy first came out, and Brent was talking to his siblings about that and they were like I don't understand I don't, you know, I don't know I don't know it doesn't make sense we'll just wait we'll just wait to see what the prophet says mm-hmm. and then of course the prophet comes out and is like yes this is from God and the public relations guy talks about it as being this policy of love and then all of a sudden they were like oh it's a loving policy it's out mm-hmm. of love because I was still Mormon back then uh-huh. when it came out I was still Mormon Yeah, I was still a believer I was kind of like starting to question things because things seemed a little wacky especially this your shelf was getting heavy my shelf was getting very heavy and I had not yet addressed my sexuality. Gayness was not in my head yet. This just seemed so awful and wrong to me. Because yeah. at this point in my my leaving the church, I was still a believer, but I was starting to have gay friends
1: mm-hmm.
2: and was understanding that they're not horrible people, like I had been taught. And so when this policy came out, it, it hurt me. It was like, what, why? Why would you why would you do this? So and they were the, starting
1: to think they weren't. Worse than rapists and attempted (laughs) murderers. Yeah, weird.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was um, starting to
1: cross my mind. Um, And to hear Mormons
2: then suddenly jump on board, first Mormons that thought it was fake news that someone made it up, and then second, when they realized it was real news, they were like, oh, I don't understand this. And then when the church came out and told them what to think about it, then they jumped on board. Oh yeah, this is a policy of love. Mm-hmm. That was such an eye opener to me as to how brainwashed Mormons are. Oh right. Because they could not have their own opinion. When their first reaction was this is it's got to be fake because it's how horrible it is. That's what their heart tells them because mm-hmm. that's it is that horrible. And then they find out it's not fake and they're like, "Oh, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think." And then they're waiting to be told what to think. Yeah. And then as soon as they're told they're like, "Oh, Well, of course, yeah. Oh, it's a policy of
1: love. So To to try to make sense of it.
2: Yeah. So I went back and found in 2015 when I posted this picture and what it is, you can find it on, on our Facebook page or on mine. There's a girl standing in a crowd and she is wearing just like a gray shirt and she has a rainbow flag on her shirt. Okay. And then there's all on her dress. And there's all these girls around her that are wearing white dresses, kind of like baptism dresses. And all the girls around her are happy, and she's in the middle, looking ashamed and sad. Um, you want to see it?
1: Yeah, and her ra- the way her rainbow flag is positioned, it looks it could be a scarlet letter. You know, I mean that's oh, yeah. that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. She's wearing gray. Everybody's wearing white. She looks really sad, and she's got the rainbow flag. She's even her body language. She's all like hunched over in this protective. Um, like self-protection mode or whatever. Yes, it's a very
2: moving depiction, actually. And I just wanted to share some of the comments of wacky Mormons back then. One person says, Shelly, you need to read what the official statement says. Don't follow the masses. Be truly informed before you make a rash judgment. And it's so funny because it was like I wasn't following the masses. I was going against the Mormon masses. The Mormons were waiting to know what they needed to believe. Mm. Then this person says, you should check the church for statements, not someone else's wording and interpretation. So she's like, wait for the church to tell you what to
1: think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not going to do that. Not going to do it. We have read on this podcast about people saying, I'm so glad we have leaders of the church and the prophet to tell us what to think about things. Yeah. And another one was like... If the prophet told me to jump off a bridge, I would. It was a cliff. A cliff. Okay, a cliff. (laughs) Yes, that lady was in my old ward. (laughs) Crazy. I feel like a cliff is even scarier than a bridge. Mm -hmm. There could be rocks below. That's true. So another comment says, You're misinterpreting it, Shelley. No
2: baptism so as not to teach opposite values is what the parents are teaching, thereby allowing for parents to teach their children their values and not to cause conflict and pain on the child. And another one says, honor thy father and mother comes to mind. And then a friend says, well, what comes to my mind is how to judge a true prophet. Spoiler alert, it's by their fruits. And then a Mormon person jump in and says, and 15 plus million followers and more every day are pretty awesome fruits. Mm-hmm. And then someone else says, well, they're not disavowing their parents, just the practice of gay marriage. There is significant difference. That's the whole bullshit of love the sinner, not the sin. Like, fuck
1: that. Yeah. And you know what? Here's my irritation about that. Hmm. So if you follow the Bible, as far as the Ten Commandments and the list of sins, Mm -hmm. thou shalt not bear false witness, refers to, speaking falsely in any matter, lying, equivocating, in any way devising and designing to deceive our neighbor. Wow. If that doesn't describe the Mormon church in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. I don't know what does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. So who are they to come out with a list of sins? Yeah, list of sins and punishments. Mm-hmm.
2: Gosh, there's so much more we could go into here. We're starting to run out of time, though. I was going to read some more effed up Mormon comments on this, but what I wanted to do instead was jump to the reversal. Well, first of all, let me say that when this policy came out, the suicide rates of youth in Utah, yeah, went up because people feel trapped; they feel stuck. They feel like being gay is wrong. They can't do anything about it. They're never going to be accepted. They can't
1: have children now if they do it. Like, it's just, it's so fucked up. Or if they did have children, now they're going to be separated from them even more. Yeah. And that being gay is,
2: you're an apostate. You immediately get, get excommunicated. There's mm-hmm. no path for you. There's no eternal path for you. There's no eternal family. There's nothing but darkness. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Mormon Church, you bunch of asshats, for making people feel this way. I wanted to really quickly, because people like to say, oh, well, it was just a policy. They didn't say God said, oh, oh really? Shall I, shall I correct you on this? So this is coming from the current prophet right now. He said, he's talking about the prophetic process, how God talks to them. He says, with the recent additions to the church's handbook consequent to the legalization of same-sex marriage in some countries, that's what they're referring to, filled with compassion for all and especially for the children, we wrestled at length to understand the Lord's will in this matter. Ever mindful of God's plan of salvation and of his hope for eternal life for each of his children, we considered countless permutations and combinations of possible scenarios that could arise. We met repeatedly in the temple in fasting and prayer and sought further direction and inspiration. And then when the Lord inspired His prophet, President Thomas S. Monson, to declare the mind of the Lord and the will of the Lord, each of us during that sacred moment felt a spiritual confirmation. It was our privilege as apostles to sustain what had been revealed to President Monson. Revelation from the Lord to His servants is a sacred process, and so is your privilege of receiving personal revelation. When was this written? This was back in 2016, early 2016, because the policy came out in November of 2015. People were freaking out, Mm -hmm. and then they had to come out and and make up some bullshit, fucked up story about how this policy
1: was from God. Okay, there you go. Fast forward Mm -hmm. to
2: 2019. Let's do it remember God said this is and God is
1: supposedly an unchanging God am I right? well it depends on uh, if you're Mormon or not who you're if you're asking. Mormon God okay <laughs> Mormon so, God is wishy-washy oh yeah for sure and remember
2: this policy wreaked havoc in families mm-hmm. caused gay people LGBTQ people to kill themselves right this was horrible and then all of a sudden, Elder Oaks comes out and says, Effective immediately, children of parents who identify themselves as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender may be baptized without First Presidency approval. If the custodial parents give permission for the baptism and understand both the doctrine that a baptized child will be taught and the covenants he or she are expected to make. In addition, same-sex Latter-day Saint parents no longer will be seen as apostates. Really? Really? Yeah. Why? Why? Because they're jerking people around. No, no, here's why. is because this is the actual why. They are losing church membership. They were losing church membership before the policy came out. The policy came out and it opened floodgates of people leaving. Like believing Mormons, heterosexual Mormons were saying, you can't do this to gay people. Yeah. We're, We're out. Wow. They lost and they lost and they lost so many members. And they know that they need to get a good millennial base, they can't keep millennials in the church because millennials are more, I don't want to say more feeling, but they they view the world differently. They don't have mm-hmm. the old traditions of gay hatred and racism yeah. and, and this yeah. kind of thing. They're accepting of their gay friends and family.
1: For the most part. For the most part. And thank God.
2: Yes. And so they didn't like the policy and they weren't staying in the church. So they decided, well, let's get rid of the policy then. Um, how do you go about saying God changed his mind? Right. How did they? Do you want, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Well, they, they said nothing. They okay. just announced it. And church members have come up with their own reasoning because they believe that this was by God to okay. both give it and then take it away. I've heard that it's like an Abrahamic test.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So God told Abraham, kill your son. Sure. Right? Just like God told the church to exclude the gays.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the true members went with it. Okay, whatever you say, God— and then right before the end, God was like, never mind. Actually, this Psych. was a test. Psych, this was a test. <laughs> yeah. If you really think that God would test people to the point where people are killing themselves out of feeling left out and judged, and to a point that it would cause families to just be divided and hurt and. You know what? Fuck you, God. I don't choose that. I don't choose that. And you Mormons who are saying that God was actually behind this, why don't you analyze the God that you believe in?
1: Well, I guess you could argue then why do, why do people believe in the God of the Old Testament? Because he, he was an a, asshole. He was an asshole too. Mm-hmm. You know. I've also
2: heard that this was a way of distinguishing the wheat from the tares. You know that parable? Wow. Um, I thought
1: it was the chaff. Is that the same thing, I think so. Tears, chaff, tares, chaff, yeah. Okay,
2: where the true believing Mormons will stay strong and follow the prophet in all the decisions, mm-hmm. and the weaker ones that couldn't handle the policy because they didn't have enough faith, well, they leave the church. And good riddance. We need strong members, and now that they have
0: separated it. the
2: chaff from the tears. The wheat from the chaff, the wheat from the tares. Now that they've successfully gotten rid of the unwanted and the less faithful, mm-hmm. now they'll, they'll reverse it because that's the way it should have been in the first place.
1: But God was testing. Yeah. That's so nice. Wow. I, right. You know what? I don't want that God in my life. I mm-hmm. really don't. Yeah. And if that's the same as Old Testament God, I don't want that one either. Mm-mm. I'm that sorry. Sucks. Well, But I have a question about this whole thing. So does that mean— gay people or trans people, anyone different. Yeah, anyone um, (laughs) different. (laughs) Who had previously been excommunicated for being different and maybe marrying the same gender. Does that mean that they now can be full members of the church and go to the temple? Well, that's the thing is I know people who were in gay marriages and and still Mormon and then got excommunicated
2: because it's apostasy to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, now they've decided God says it's not apostasy anymore. So do you just reinstate them altogether? Like, what are you going to do? Is that what's going to happen? It's a whole clusterfuck. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Do they get their temple recommends back or something? I don't know. Huh. I think they're leaving it. That's the thing is they, they are taking it off the shoulders of the first presidency, which is the head of the church. Okay. And they're saying, bishops, you figure it out. You do what you want. So now we are back to Bishop Rick Roulette. Okay. If you have a cool bishop, you could probably be married to your your gay partner and he'll be like, I don't care. And you get your we temple you. recommend. I doubt it. No, 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 no. There's no way. There's no way. No. My, my answer is no. There's no way you have a temple recommend. So you still can't
1: new. be saved? No. Of course not. You can pay tithing. You can go to church, pay tithing, and be a <laughs> member. <laughs> we'll yeah. take your money, thank you very much. But you don't get to go to heaven. Yeah, exactly. You don't get to go to Kolob. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Wow. I know. So let me really quickly we got to wrap this up. Yep. Here was my response— when the whole reversal of the hateful policy came out— and that was just a few days ago? It was just very recently, a few days okay. ago. Everyone was talking about it on social media, and I had quite a few people want me to weigh in on it because i that's me. You know, i mm-hmm. that has to do with, with me. So I went ahead and put together a response, and here's what I said. I've been asked numerous times today to weigh in on the Mormon church's reversal of their exclusion policy. So here goes. First of all, a little history. The policy was leaked back in 2015. It states that children of gay parents are not allowed to get baptized, receive the Holy Ghost, advance in the priesthood, or serve missions until they are 18 years old and publicly denounce their parents' lifestyle. Yeah, that's some hateful bullshit for sure. So after it was leaked and church members were like, what? What is this? It must be fake. The church decided to come out and say it's a policy of love to protect children from having to make decisions and might go against their parent. Yeah, also bullshit. And members were still kind of like, huh? So current president of the church, Russell M. Nelson, decided to pull the God card and told the whole world that this policy was actually a revelation from God. So that soothed the flock, or at least a lot of the flock, but it did start a leak and then a river of people leaving the church because of the damage this revelation was doing. Suicide rates within the LGBTQ Mormon community skyrocketed. Tens of thousands of people have since left the church. Flash forward to today. The policy has been reversed children of gay parents can be baptized, etc., and actually gay marriage is no longer considered apostasy, but just one of your run-of-the-mill sins. Those of you who are saying, yay, look how progressive and accepting and wonderful the church is, let's think about that for a second. Children killed themselves. Families were torn apart because of the policy. At the announcement of the reversal, no apologies were made for the despair, heartache, and deaths caused by this policy. President Nelson himself said that the 2015 policy was direct revelation from God. Someone please tell me what kind of God institutes a policy that destroys and kills and then changes his mind a few years later. Is any of this from God at all? Absolutely not. It's a bunch of old, sexist, homophobic men making rules at their whim and then changing them when they see such a membership and monetary loss. My guess is that the brainwashed of the flock will somehow spin this into being a wonderful, revelatory experience. The part of the flock who are already beginning to think for themselves and not blindly follow will be angered at how the church leadership will do these ridiculous and hurtful things and say it was God. As far as I'm concerned, this policy reversal is purely about money and trying to keep membership. God doesn't talk to the leaders of the church, and if he does, and the policy and subsequent reversal was from him, then God is an asshole. I stand behind that. More likely, though, what's going on here is the church is fake. It is also too bad that most of my Mormon friends have unfriended me at this point and won't get to read this.
1: Mm. So when did you when did you post this?
2: That was Thursday, a week ago today. Okay. Yep.
1: Wow. That's how I feel. Yeah. What was the general response? Um, well, nowadays most
2: of my friends are ex-Mormon because my Mormon friends have unfriended me, mm-hmm. and you have a couple. Haters I have a on. couple of haters. They didn't. They can't say anything that makes sense. But it's so ridiculous. I would love to have a conversation about it with my family, but my family will not have a conversation. And I will talk more about that next week because I attempted a conversation and was shut down.
1: Yeah, you sure were.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Not happy about that.
1: Whew. Whew. That was a lot today. Yeah. Yeah. And as always, we want to hear your comments about this uh, policy. What Was it? Was there a name of the policy? Um, we ended up calling it the Exclusion Policy Okay. Was it talked about in the handbook as a certain policy? Or was it- uh, I don't I don't know. Mormons know what it is. Okay. The exclusion policy. So mm-hmm. if you have personal experience with it or you had a strong reaction to either the revelation of the policy existing or the reversal of the policy, we would like to hear from you. Yes. Again, send in your comments to or just go to our website, mm-hmm. latterday slash contact. And let us know what you think. Let us know. Okay. I feel like this was a
2: pretty serious episode. There it was a mix. Was it a mix?
1: Can, I, think, I, can uh, I end with a funny story? Oh, I think you wanted to tell a Philip story.
2: Oh my gosh. I could tell Philip stories all day. So Philip, again, <laughs> is my eight-year-old unbaptized child. Yay! Whoop, whoop. He complains about his entire life all the time. And he says the most random, weird, crazy things. And I love it. So the other day we were driving in the car to go get ice cream. And the kids were kind of arguing like they do. And Philip was getting frustrated with his sister and he finally said, I hope you get a fortune cookie and the fortune in that cookie says, You will get harassed <laughs> <gasps> what a new kind of <laughs> harassed cut down that's a big word I know for an 8 year old that's what cracks <laughs> me up oh you know what else he said oh my what? gosh I gotta tell this too sorry listeners bear with me this one is also funny so I was showing Philip how to light a match not sure that's the smartest idea <laughs> what ever what were you doing well there was a candle in Brent's house and I'm like and Philip goes this smells really good I said well let's light it and so I showed him how to light the can or how to light the match mm-hmm. so he struck the match it lit on fire and then I neglected to tell him that he should probably... It, it was one of those... Um, like cylinder type yes, candles? Yes, and the, and the wick was down pretty low. Okay. So he tried to just take the match and put it straight down into the glass candle. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you do that, the flame comes up on your fingers. So it, he yeah. got burned.
1: Well, he's not a Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's coming out really soon. It's
2: coming out soon! <laughs> uh, anyway, back to my story. <laughs> it was funny. So... He got burned a little bit, so he was kind of upset. And then his sister, Sabrina, the one that he said that her oh, yeah. fortune should be, you will get harassed.
1: It's <laughs> a nice fortune. That <laughs> is great.
2: She said, I want to try. And so I showed her, but I also showed her how to turn the candle on its side. And so you can put the match in sideways and it doesn't there burn There you, you go. And so as I'm, I do that, and she does it su- successfully... And he said, he started tearing up a little bit, and I said, what's wrong? And he said, it's not fair. You gave Sabrina a way better tutorial, and that's why I got burned. <laughs> tutorial. <laughs> so he called it a tutorial. <laughs> the candle matching tutorial. Oh my gosh, that kid. I love that kid. He always has something ridiculous to say. Mm-hmm. So quotes from Philip. I gave his sister the better tutorial, and that's why he got burned. Yep, there mm-hmm. it is. And um, yeah. I hope you get a fortune cookie, and the fortune says, you will get harassed. Yeah.
1: Here's hoping. The best fortune cookie I think I ever received said, you will have some new clothes. And you know, at some point that is true. It, it came true. <laughs> at some point you do buy new clothes. We <laughs> need to do a line of like stupid shit fortunes. Like well,
2: you will eat breakfast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, there probably is a fortune like that. What is the percentage of fortune cookie fortunes that are actually predictions. Most of them are like, you have a lovely smile and a winning personality. That's not a fortune. No, that's true. That's just, oh, a nice attribute. How about you will get harassed? That's a fortune. Mm-hmm. Good job, Philip. <laughs> he created an actual. A, it's not fortune. the nicest fortune I've ever heard. No, when your but, sister's uh, bugging you, there you go. <laughs> it's funny that he wanted her punishment to come in the form of a fortune cookie. Yeah. So you know she still gets to eat the cookie. But it's, it's true. It's not this all was bad. nice, but he was very serious when he said it.
2: <laughs> and of course, we were all in the car, and Lincoln, who's 19, was sitting next to me, and he just busted up laughing. Like, <laughs> oh my god, this kid. It's funny. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to
1: leave it there.
2: Yeah, this we did week. a long one today. You're welcome. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna bust our asses and try to get it out on Sunday. It's it's late in the week. So. Oh,
1: yeah, that will be or it. Or
2: Dan is going to bust his ass. Yep. Thanks, Thank Dan. Thank you, Dan,
1: at Extension Audio in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Special thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's it for this week. Uh, until next time, steer clear of cults. Why, Mary? Because they are no joke. <laughs> Bye-bye, talk, guys. Talk to you later.